The red, the tune, the cat weather. Oh, it's going to be cloudy for for half of our region. Uh, the skies are clearing. We will see some sunshine today. It's clearing from the west. Your maximum temperature is 7 Celsius. A bit of rain coming in later on tonight. Uh, later tonight, we'll see a band of cloud and showers move in from the northwest. Uh, they'll quickly disappear uh, after a little bit of a sprinkling. It's going to be a breezy night. The winds are going to lift somewhat. Temperature no lower than 4 degrees Celsius. That's your weather across the northeast. From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Rye, Steve, and Ted. No. Nope. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Ah, at least we've got yeah. two of them. Yeah. The weather in here is not that great. It's raining. Rain in the tears of my emotions. E-I-E-I-O, up the Premier League we go. When we get to we Europe, go. this is what we sing. Here we are Geordie, Super Geordie, Zeddy is our king. Yeah. Hello, lads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good morning, yeah. Why the long faces? Um, Reminds me of the old joke, doesn't it, about the horse going into the pub? Mm. Can a pint, please? And the barman says, why the long face? Yeah. You count yourselves lucky you haven't got Ted here on the other side oh, uh, going no. on about championship oh, football. Oh, mate, mate. Unbelievable, lads. What a weekend for oh. Borough. You sound, you sound depressed, hungover. Oh. What, the season's gone, mate. It's even on. my show. It's, it's even my show. I'm going to have to pull myself up. I blame Radio Dad. You made the prediction on Friday. We'll get beat at the weekend, and that'll be the end Indeed. of our season. The season's Indeed. over. Indeed. You know, you put a... You, you just put the doom and gloom. You put the jinx on them. They put the hex on them. I tell you what, Rob at the six medals was uh, was was the same though as you, Dad. He was uh, he was calling it. He reckons Bristol obviously coming in with a loss of five games in a row. Yep. Classic Borough. Yep. Uh, he's like, don't you worry, Bristol get us done. But he said like all the people, all the fans in the six medals was got him <laughs> got him excited and said he was nah, He's changing his tack. It happens. Uh, and then it straight happens. afterwards he was like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've done it so many times now. You go there, you talk to them, you think this is what's going to happen, and they change your mind yeah. because yeah. they're all super that's confident. But that's football fans for you, isn't it? They always, it they always is. believe the glass is half full. And in Borough's yeah. case, I'm sorry, it's more half empty than half full. Oh my goodness! They do it well, to us so often. Ah, oh, this this football, I tell you, football. Well, good morning to the northeast, across the northeast. It is right. Joined by Steve uh, and obviously Dad on the radio Let buttons. We've not got no Ted Let at the moment. Out. He is actually uh, he is en route, he I is. believe. He uh, is. He's en route to the UK, uh, and he'll be in the studio from Wednesday, <laughs> I believe. So we'll have a big Sunderland debrief with him uh, later in the week. But don't worry, we will cover all the Sunderland he's stuff just, today. He's just coming over to rub it in. That's that's where it is. Yeah. Six points clear just of us now. Just lock the door. Yeah. Just lock the door. Yeah. Just leave him outside. Uh, today we're going to talk about obviously Barra. We're in trouble. We're in trouble, Barra fans, and we want to talk about that. Newcastle battled out another thriller, and the Mackhams are finally barely happy. Uh, so we're going to cover all that. Obviously, the weekend results. Uh, these are this is exactly. I'm going to read you, uh, you beautiful listeners, exactly what I wrote down. Okay, I'm going to like. I wrote why are linesmen on the pitch? Question mark. What is it they actually do? Question mark. Why do we need them when they get it so wrong? Question mark. My next comment was. Why football sucks and is cruel, and why should we should all follow curling? 
Sliding stones on ice looks fun and won't break your heart. That was your headlines for today, Borough fans. Do you see where I'm coming from? <laughs> you see the hurt that is in my heart. But we're also going to talk about Gareth Southgate getting a new deal, looking to renew uh, past and into the 2026 World Cup. We'll talk to the England lads about that. Obviously, Euro coming just around the corner. Uh, Jurgen Klopp had some funny, funny words on uh, on the blue card saga that was coming into refereeing. We're going to talk about that. we got Dad in the radio as well to get a breakdown of that. we got the Asian Cup. The Asian Cup final was played on Saturday night as well. We'll talk about that and the results of that. And also, is Tony... Yeah, can't believe it. Uh, and Tony, is he going to work his way back into the England squad? We've got all that and a lot more coming up on your morning breakfast show. The one that sweeps the nation. That's right, Daz, I stole your tagline. Uh, for your morning coffee, your morning porridge. Uh, it's 33 degrees where I am. You heard that it's not and, that, that no, warm there. <laughs> and... and. Right. Well done to Taylor Swift for winning the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness! Isn't she that did it single-handed. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? My her goodness! And, her Usher single single-handed yeah. won it for the Kansas Chiefs. She was a linebacker, a quarterback, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if she yes. was dating like a Premier League star? It'd be Taylor Swift and the Geordies got up on the weekend over after Nottingham Forest. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine she was dating Bruno. Yeah, it, yeah. Can you imagine? It'd be it'd be Bruno's two goals thanks to Swift. Did, you, know I mean? did yeah. you hear that stat about how much the Swift factor has brought to the NFL oh, over the last year? $325 million they've estimated <laughs> just because she's dating one of the players. Yeah. Is that wild? My goodness. I don't know if she's heard about Riley McGree. Well, I'd I'm, like I'm that. I, I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Let's 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 <laughs> forget the Americans. Let's play just matchmaker. Hook her up to to Riley McGree, right? We'll do that one. Um, yep. We'll bring yep. a bit of. Who can we bring in? Um, um, who was the Hannah Montana girl? What they call her again? Yeah. 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 Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, bring yeah. Miley yep. Cyrus in. Yep. You know, we'll we'll yep. fix Sam it up with, with with Sam Greenwood. Um, let's do this. Yeah, let's do let's it. Match let's make the, the Borough players off today. We can match make the Borough better. That's it. Oh my goodness! There's your tagline. This is it. This is now. I'm excited for the show because we can do that. Don't worry about what Steve has to say. Right? We're going to talk about that <laughs> on the show. I love that. But before we do, as always, we need to get in the club headlines. Uh, listen out for a cheeky headline here from Ted, o, who I believe recorded it in his Uber on the way to the airport. See if you can tell uh, how stressed, if he's a nervous flyer or not in his headlines. That's what I need you to break out for there. Let's get into it. Club headlines from the three Northeast teams. Magpies and Proud, Mags News. Oh, good morning, Newcastle fans. And it is a good morning as Newcastle United made it four away wins in a row in an entertaining five-goal thriller at Nottingham Forest. A sublime brace by mercurial playmaker Bruno Gomorrez and another accomplished finish from Fabian Scher gave the Magpies all three points and took Eddie Howe's team into seventh place. And no, it wasn't a penalty. Becky Langley's Magpies extended their lead at the top of the FA Women's National League Northern Premier Division to seven points with a perfect away victory against title rivals Burnley. Second half goals from Casey Elson, Paige Bailey-Gale and Jasmine McQuaid were enough to secure all three points for Newcastle United women at the county ground in Leyland. And following days of speculation, Newcastle's FA Cup opponents Blackburn Rovers parted company with head coach and ex-mag John Doll Thomason on Friday. Ex-Birmingham City boss John Eustace was installed within hours of Thomason's departure and watched Saturday's 3-1 championship win over Stoke City from the stands at Ewood Park. And tickets for Newcastle United's Premier League visit to Stamford Bridge next month go on sale to season ticket holders today at 2 o'clock. The initial points requirement is set at 110 points. That's your Newcastle headlines on Monday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News.
Good morning Sunderland fans and happy Monday. After Saturday's resounding 3-1 win despite going 1-0 down, when Jack Clark was asked what occurred in the dressing room at half-time to produce such a performance, the attacker credited Michael Beale for his brutally honest team talk. He was just brutally honest, Clark said. He said what needed to be said and obviously he said the right things to gear us up for the second half. We managed to change the game in the second half, so credit to him and credit to ourselves as well. Having allowed midfielder Alex Pritchard to depart for Birmingham City in January, a player whose contract was up at the club in the summer, there are still three players that could potentially depart the stadium alive once their current contracts are up. Bradley Duck, Corey Evans and Ellis Taylor will be free to leave the club at the end of their contracts, all of which are under 12 months running. While Taylor is still young, it's thought the two former Blackburn men will be allowed to leave, with their age advancing and first-team opportunities limited when they do return from injury. And finally, Sir Bob Murray has handed over a cheque for £100,000 to the Foundation Alight just three weeks after his autobiography, I Do It All Again, was published. The former Sunderland chairman is donating 100% of the proceeds from the book to the club's charitable foundation, which he helped establish and handed over the first cheque ahead of the Black Cats Championship game with Plymouth Argyle at the weekend. I've never been happier giving away £100,000 and hope I have given even more to the foundation in the coming months, said Sir Bob. Fantastic way at the start of the week, everyone. How are you, lads? Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. That's your news headlines. Good morning. Imagine if I just stopped it there. I should, hey, shouldn't I? My goodness me. Borough looks set to lose Paddy McNair in the summer as it's now believed he won't be offered a new contract. Borough boss Michael Carrick is confident that the only other player out of contract in Johnny Housen will also get his deal done and has no worries after the player said he wants to play on against next season. And we created plenty of chances. We just didn't manage to finish them off, said Michael Carrick after Saturday's defeat in Bristol City. In truth... You could have copy and pasted the sentiment from numerous Middlesbrough games this season, couldn't you? Particularly over the last three months. But before you get to that, though, we have to address the first half that left Borough needing to score two goals at home for just the second time the start of, since the start of November to have even claimed a point. Yet after another slow start, this time it was punished. Two Bristol City goals in the space of two minutes, each just as frustrating as the other for very different reasons. And where that is right now for Borough in the good championship team, to an extent. Albeit, just one thing is that we're just not ruthless at both ends of the pitch. And when you need to say that as often as we ultimately have said about Borough this season, Borough fans, you have to accept that finishing in the top six in an ultra-competitive second tier is fanciful at best. Borough now have 16 games remaining to change that narrative. Borough women also earned themselves a point after a spirited comeback against Barnsley Women's FC on the weekend. Michael Mohearns uh, named an unchanged lineup to the one that beat York City LFC last week, and new signing Faye Dale made her way onto the bench. They earned it through a last-minute just-met winner. Uh, sorry, that brought it back to three all. Good on you, girls. Uh, sticking it up to them. That's your Borough headlines. Yeah. Finished? Pain. Okay. Pain. The red, the tune, and the cut. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. My headlines were as painful as they were the weekend results for the borough. The only team in the Northeast not to win. We will break that down and get into it. Don't you worry about that for all the fans that are tuning in going, God, I really want to hear what Ryan has to think. 
Uh, well, that person that just said that, you will. Don't you worry about that. But first, let's get a happy a happy start to your Monday morning because we all know what a Monday drag can be like. And that's why I'm going to throw over to Steve Wraith because they had a good win on the weekend uh, going against Nottingham Forest, a team that had beaten them thanks to a Chris Wood hat-trick in the reverse fixture. Uh, and I actually sat down and watched this. It was at about 5 a.m. my time. Uh, it was the later kickoff in the Premier League. Uh, but it was actually an exciting game. I thought uh, Nottingham Forest set up well to break, try and break down Dan Byrne uh, down that right. And you could see that Alunga's pace was causing some, to extend some issues, but Bruno Gomara has just showed his skill. And also, I'll tell you what, Fabian Shah, that hit as well uh, on his left. Steve, good, 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 good weekend for you. Great weekend, mate. Uh, to be honest, it was uh, it was always going to be a tough performance going down to Notts Forest. I mean, they have done very, very well under Espirito Santo, and his record against Newcastle was superb. We'd never beaten them, uh, never, never beaten an Espirito Santo side. So, um, for him to set up as he did and and try to you know try to jump in on on the whole uh, Dan Burn weakness side of the pitch, that was that was the big worry. But he he didn't manage to do it. Um, the first first fifteen twenty minutes. Forrest came at us. Newcastle soaked up the pressure, but um, you know Bruno Gamares was just unplayable at the weekend. He really was. He was. He was in a. He was in a. Uh, he was just in one of those moods where nothing was phasing him. And you've got to bear in mind as well. He's got. You had nine games to go to avoid getting a yellow card. And the way that he plays, it is. It is so difficult for him to avoid. You know, confrontation, getting. You know, get getting a. You know, getting into you know, big tackles, etc. But he, he he did it again. He just seems to. Have grown um, in stature over the last couple of weeks and in maturity. Um, the first goal was like a sublime finish. It was a training training ground, you know, training ground set piece if you like. It's it was right came, here. My came from came from the corner and and you know it was played back to Trippier who whipped the ball in. Another assist for uh, our our captain, and and it was just a wonderful shot on the half volley. Not easy to do. Um, I've got to be honest. I, I don't really know that the, the the lady who was commentating on Sky um, is he is he whoever she is. Uh, you know, I've got no idea who she is, but she. I, she called it the safe finish. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It was anything but safe. It was. It was. It was a fantastic finish. Um, you know, it was one of those. Trippier hit that first time as well. You know, he whipped probably, that in first time. You could probably try. You could probably try that a hundred times, and you wouldn't. You, you know, you wouldn't be able to score it. But it was, it was just. It was incredible. It was, a, it was a deliberate goal by Bruno, and you know, yeah, I just thought the description of it was was poor by those who were commentating on the game. Um, after that, obviously, Forrest rallied. You know, they you know they gave it the you know they gave it the best shot. But um, Newcastle were just superior across the pitch, and and you know the possession uh, that they had was was. You know, it was was superior. Uh, you know, the shots on goal. Newcastle have discovered their shooting boots, and you know, wrong. the wonderful, wonderful goal from Fabian Share, who's who's you know he's pitched in with a you know three three valuable goals in the last few weeks, and that was just an, that was another one for the you know for for his collection. He um you know he, again he's just like a fine wine. He just gets better with age. The the winning goal. Um, you've got to thank Dan Byrne. He basically body checked uh, one of the Forest players to give Bruno the space to you know. Know, to, to stroke the ball home to give us the win, um, but it was a it was a wonderful wonderful performance by Newcastle. I think that then you know as usual there was some negativity on on social media from people. You know Dan Byrne was getting it in the neck on more than one occasion from you know from, from various people. 
And 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 you know, I just thought these people just clearly either don't support Newcastle and are on a wind up, or they're, they're yeah. just not watching yeah. the same game as me. Um, look, yeah, Dan Byrne got caught out of position, um, but people have got to remember what Eddie Howe said on Friday. His press conference on Friday was very enlightening. He spoke for about forty minutes, and his the gist of it was that a lot of these players who are coming back from injury are coming back from injury too soon because they've got no other option they haven't got a big enough squad because of the injuries they've been dilapidated and uh, he named a couple he said Dan Byrne had come back very early from a broken back and and had had to continue to play um because he was he was asked heavily about that on Friday as to whether he would play Tino Livramento um and he explained the situation with him he then went on to describe the various midfielders who who were injured still or coming back from injury who you know he wouldn't he didn't want to play Harvey Barnes last week but he did he says I had to he says he wouldn't be playing otherwise you know if if we had if we had if we had the strength and depth but we just don't and you know players players are having to come back and it's less than ideal so you can see why players are coming back um, you know, getting on the pitch and then, you know, unfortunately picking up another niggly injury because, you know, they're, they're playing when they're not 100% fit to start with. And, and that's half the problem. It's putting Burn and it's putting Burn under pressure at left back when, you know, the players who are playing in front of them aren't capable of doing the job that Joe Linton uh, usually does. So, but look, um, for me, Eddie Howe um, has once again got blood out of the proverbial stone. He has, in essence, um, managed to get a team with all these injuries that we've had this season and with the additional Champions League games uh, in the seventh place, which is still a European space in, you know, in, in February. And we're actually only five points away from where we were this time last season. So in, in essence, you know, yeah, we might have gone back slightly, but we haven't gone that far back and there's still plenty of football to play. And Newcastle's got a favourable, uh, has got a favourable list and our injured players are coming back. So, you know, for me, you know, there's a lot to be positive about, you know, stop the negativity, concentrate on the positives and, you know, just enjoy it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the fact that we did so well last season, you know, puts that kind of, you know, puts puts pressure on, put puts that pressure on. You know, the, the the team, the manager, and the fans. I guess, but you just got to sit back and enjoy. Look at where we were two years ago, and, and just enjoy where we're at now. And and there's still plenty of football to be played. Um, Bournemouth at home on Saturday, a chance to get another three points. The results hopefully could go for us. Look at the results at the weekend, man. Arsenal beat West Ham six nil yesterday. Um, you know, Manu got Manu. I was hoping Villa would win yesterday, but Manu got the win. You know, a lot of people say, well, that gives us an opportunity to catch Villa. But of course it does. We're, we're now only 10 points behind Villa. Um, you know, Villa Villa seem to be on the crest of a slump at the minute. But there's lots lots to be positive about, lads, with, with, you know, within the confines of St James's Park. Um, looks as if Willock and Anderson are going to be back sooner rather than later. I would imagine we're going to have them back for the Villa uh, for the uh, the Arsenal game in a couple of weeks' time. So you know, suddenly we've got options again. Um, yeah, we're missing Joe Linton, but you've, you've suddenly got options again in the midfield. You, you know, you've got Gordon. Who what a, what a bit of trickery by Eddie Howe again. Yeah, Just shows you can't cheeky. believe you can't believe a word he says in his press conference. <laughs> there he is. There he is again. You know, uh, he hasn't trained all week. Cheeky, but, I mean, he, did, he didn't. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. He just no, he, he didn't. No, he didn't. He just said he hadn't trained all week. But then next yeah. thing you know, he's he's starting. He's in the line. He's in the lineup, and he you know he played his usual game. So 
Disappointing about Callum Wilson. Um, you know, he, he held the ball up well again. Didn't again like he he seemed to be struggling since he's come back from injury last week and the week before. To be fair, he's been man marked by, you know, you know, literally by the two biggest centre halves in the league. I would yeah. say over the last two weeks. Yeah, but big lads. But you know what? He you know he put himself about. But then obviously you know he got injured towards the end of the game, and 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 it looks like a it looks like a shoulder injury, not a dislocation. You know something something to do with his shoulder or the top of his arm was difficult to say. But he was down on the turf towards the end of the game and, and looked in you know looked in, looked in a bit of discomfort. Hopefully you know he's got a week to sort it out, um, and it won't be too bad. And you know if he misses Bournemouth, hopefully he'll be ready for Arsenal. But Alexander Isak's injury wasn't too bad. I think Isak will be back for the Bournemouth game. And you know we're we're just we're just making do and mend. That's what we're doing, and we've got players coming in and out. And you know, I I just think I just think it's you know we should we should be happy. The penalty I mentioned it in my headlines. It wasn't a penalty, lads. It wasn't a penalty. I don't care what anybody says. That was not a penalty. Um, you know, and and what really annoyed me again was the commentary on TV where they went from you know they went from it wasn't a penalty to oh hold on well maybe it could have been. To, it definitely was all in the space of sixty minutes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they literally, they, they, you know, it, it, it was biased commentary. And 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 I'm you know, and and I'm, we're not alone in that in England, by the way. Um, my mates around the world in Bahrain and Saudi who all watch different feeds and get different. You know, some have to watch it on Bn uh, Bn Bn. Uh, channel, you know, we watch it on Sky over here or TNT, but it, there just seems to be a degree of you know biased against Newcastle, and it's very open. You know that they're, they're almost there's almost collective groans if something goes Newcastle's way, or if a penalty doesn't get given, or if you know if there's a foul given against the the opposition, and you know, and and if and if the if there's a goal scored against Newcastle, it's almost euphoric celebration. You know, it's it's not and it's not paranoia that on behalf of Newcastle fans, it, it, it is almost as if there's a collective of dislike for, for, for Newcastle and, and and just because they've got this you know just because they've got the Saudi ownership is, is can, it can be the only reason because we're not you know what do we do to deserve being criticized like that I really I really don't know and and it's like I say we could you could read read too much into it but it some of the things that I said and I'm not going to repeat them but they're, they're just uncalled for and just very disappointing you know people should be a little bit more professional when they're commentating on games um, and, and when they're giving an opinion and I, I point back to the game a couple of weeks ago where one of the commentators actually pulled the, like checked himself and pulled himself back in and said well actually you know I am <laughs> we are being a little bit too negative against Newcastle here and it was yeah of course you are you know so I, I think a lot of people across across the Newcastle fan base yesterday were were saying you know what I'm just going to start listening to John Anderson and and Matthew Raceback on the club's official commentary rather than listening to um rather than listening to the TV now yeah we might be 30 seconds behind but you know at least at least we're getting a more you know a, a, a more valuable input from a broadcaster what we need is of course the tune radio to, to, to be able to do the, the commentary then I'd be able to do it and it would be perfect lads so if you're listening to Castle yep. United contact Dave Roberts been trying, station, been and trying. get me on I've get been, me on I've been trying to contact <laughs> the guys in the commercial department but they won't see me they're frightened That's it. I'll be calmer than Rye honest I'll be calmer than Rye <laughs> but listen as you can tell lads I'm, I am happy it's um and, and it does make a big difference not having European football, you know, in in the mix. Um, you know, another week off before you know before the Bournemouth game makes a hell of a difference. Eh? Oh, of course it does. 
Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, that just gives you that opportunity to, you know, to get yourself sorted out and, you know, pull, you, pull yourself in. And, and the league table's starting mm-hmm. to take shape now. The Premier League table is, 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 is starting to take shape. We, I think we all know that, you know, that the, you know, the battle between Man City and Liverpool is going to be the, that, that's going to be the one for the title. You know, Arsenal still giving a Joined great by account Arsenal of themselves. Yeah. Arsenal giving a great account of themselves, you know, uh, but they've played a game more than Man City. Um, you know, Man City always seem to have a game in hand. Um, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham had a little wobble. They're back in, they're back in contention. So I'd say that, I'd say that the top four places um, at the moment, you know, I think those teams will be the teams that qualify for the Champions League. I think Villa will just yeah. miss out. Um, I think it's between yeah. Villa. I reckon you'll get six. I think it's between Villa, Manchester United, and Newcastle for those for those. Yeah, five, I reckon Villa will drop five, off. Six, and seven. I do. Yeah, I, I do. Reckon, I yeah. Reckon, yeah. I think Villa will drop United out. United will go up to fifth. Yeah. And Villa will go down to seventh, and Newcastle will go sixth. I reckon, and then that's yeah. it. And I don't reckon yeah. anyone behind just catching you because I mean no. it's West Ham behind you, and I mean well, what happened, happened yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Michael yeah, Carrick's next is team. That, um, is that Bruno's uh, best game for Newcastle? Because I thought he was absolutely it's outstanding. Question. It's a great question. I'd say yes. I'd say I would agree. I'd say yes. And it was, it 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 was a it, was, it felt like a coming of age. It felt like a maturity. It it, it come upon him. I think he was everywhere. No, it was incredible. More for the fact that he didn't get booked. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. And at the end, yeah. his, end of, his interview at the end of the game, um, you know, he was even very conscious of the fact that he hadn't been booked. You know, he says, ah, yeah, you know, they talked about his celebration with the fans. He went, yeah, yeah, I'll have to be very careful. He says, because I've got one more yellow card. And I was thinking that's, you know, he's it's been drilled into him and that clearly. Yeah, but he is, has, he is, yeah. He, he is thinking about it. But he was asked as well about, why the celebration with the fingers in your ears? And it was, yeah. you know, he says it's down to the fact that you know, the, you know, the, the media, the, the media constantly link him with with a move away from the club, and it's not something yeah, he wants to yeah. do. Ah, I thought and he, I thought he'd said it was because he didn't want to hear Steve Wraith on uh, yeah, on the tune. No, no. No, that's what I heard. <laughs> no, no. I, I no, thought no. he'd be tuning into my watch along earlier. It's because people keep linking him with moves from uh, St James's Park, and he he just says that, that you know he just does it you know he wants the fans to block it out because he's happy at Newcastle and doesn't want to go anywhere. And I think again that was that was just great to hear because there is a, there has been lots of speculation in you know pre pre transfer window closing about different players going, but Bruno Bruno quite happy to stay at St James's Park and not want to not want to leave. You know he's he's always said the same. You know he wants to be the person who uh, is part of a team that wins. Uh, you know, a bit of silverware for Newcastle, and you know, and that'll be that. So, now nah, it was great. Listen, all all around great, and, and well done to the fans as well. Some great videos circulating. Got it. I couldn't get there at the weekend. I had a prior engagement, but you know, great to see the fans sit, staying in the ground. Um, you know, twenty five minutes after the game, still singing. Um, uh, you know, a variety of songs. Um, and and just getting the praise from the Forest fans. I think it's um, you know, the Forest fans were saying it's the best away support they've seen at the City Ground this year. Oh, uh, when, Newcastle, when New- Bruno scored, that was wild. Right in front of that wave end, that was incredible. That when he gets on the billboard and. Yeah, it was incredible. It is that. like a, I mean, like a way going away with Newcastle is, 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 you know, you'd be the same for you if you managed to do it with Borough. It is. It's, yeah. it's a unique, it's a unique party atmosphere when you go away. It is a different kind of atmosphere to being at home and you know being in your usual seat. Mm. And it was fantastic. It, you know, it just looked fantastic. That away end looked great. And, and a couple of my mates Indeed. went down who I normally travel with. They stayed overnight and had a great time. And yeah, it was. It, it's just great. You know, it's, it's. You know, you feel like you're part of a, a family um, when. when you're away with the, with the, with the lads and lasses, and it was um, it was great to see them. You know, great to see them celebrating another win. So, yeah, big big games coming up, man. It's it, it's just exciting. Mm. Things. Bournemouth, as I say, is is the next game for Newcastle, which which is a home game. Then we've got then we've got like a 
what you, what you would probably say as a six pointer. We've got Arsenal away, and and it's in a you know unfortunately for us, it's a it's a mid you know it, it's a Saturday and it's eight o'clock kick off on a Saturday night. Um, the away end will still be full live on TNT, of course, but it's that's a big game. Then you've got the FA Cup game. Then you've got you know you've got Wolves at home, Chelsea away, Crystal Palace away, and West Ham at home. I mean, and then Everton mm. at home and Fulham away. You know, yeah. yeah. We've got our that the fixture list's favourable to us, you know. Um, yeah, it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got we've got some teams that we should really be dispatching and dispatching well. And the back end of our season to, to finish off with four games like Sheffield United at home, Burnley away, yep. Brighton at home, yep. and Brentford away. You know, not if, a if, bad if, run. If, no, it's not, man. It's not. You've got yeah, we've got Man United away in April. Uh, we've, we've still got Man United, Spurs, and Arsenal to play. But yeah, yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle's form in in games against the top against the top teams has been very good. It's it's the teams against you know teams at the bottom where we've struggled against. But now we've mm. hopefully got that you know that, that 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 kind of jinx off our back, and you know we've beaten Forest away. Hopefully we can go on now. Go on a bit of a run. Go on a bit of a run and try and get where we're... It was nothing know. like that one there we saw before Christmas, was it? Where you had the Man City and Liverpool in the space two weeks and then Milan, like, just after it. And yeah. That. I remember that. I remember we talking on the radio show for that one. That was that was hectic. But, yeah, good win by Newcastle. And, I and, and I, honestly, Bruno was incredible. Uh, great performance there. Be interested to see uh, if Forrest can stay up because I actually... I think I, I like what they're doing and they've got some exciting wingers there. But... Uh, they have got FFP uh, hanging over their heads, and uh, yeah, they were. Uh, if it they, remains, they can, they can score goals. Yeah, if it remains, exactly, exactly. Anyway, it is seven thirty a.m. Good morning. You're on the Northeast Brecky Show. It's time for some sports headlines. We'll be right back after this to talk about Sunderland, and um, yeah, that's about it. Not going to cover Middlesbrough. It's too sad. Together across the northeast. The cat and the red. Who can we have on the tune, Steve? Who can we get on the tune to do the same? No nonsense. Giving his views, talking to the no fans. No BS. No BS. Leave it with us. Leave it with us. I'll come up with something. Uh-huh. I'll come up with. Nobby Solano would work. No NS. <laughs> I like that. I love it. I love it. Welcome back to the Northeast Breaking Show, where we're full of the BS. That's right, because we're Borough supporters after that weekend. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what Bernie has to say on his brand new show on the Red tonight about Middlesbrough football performance. I'm sure he will be uh, being full voice about that. But let's talk quickly uh, about Sunderland v Plymouth. Uh, obviously, uh, coming back from a goal down, a fantastic goal by Plymouth as well. In what was an ugly afternoon in the Northeast, you would be very aware of that, uh, good listeners. It was uh, it was absolutely bucketing down and then the smog and the fog was crawling in. It was just a horrid afternoon for football. But Sunderland managed to get the job done uh, against Plymouth. They won 3-1 in the end. A goal from Joe Bellingham in the third was absolutely incredible. Running in from the left, he looked like his brother. And it's the first time I'll ever say that because I haven't seen much of it or heard Ted say much of it. He's, Ted's been screaming that he needed a rest. Joe didn't start uh, the game on the weekend. He came off the bench and then coming in from the left-hand side, he walked about three or four Plymouth defenders uh, and made them look absolute just horrible and walked around and then curled it into the top right. It was a fantastic finish by Joe. Uh, a good free kick goal by Pierre Equa and Jack Clark back to his just sizzling best. Uh, he's just one one classy act is Jack Clark. Plymouth are uh, not doing too well. Obviously losing their manager. They've now obviously got the new young manager. Ryan Hardy got their goal and it was a fantastic goal, but Sunderland proving too strong there, Davy lad. Uh, thoughts on Sunderland? Do you think they can now hold on uh, under Beal? It seems like there's a bit of a different tact towards Beal. There was no Beal out or anything anymore. 
uh, it feels like it's a strong beal in mm. uh, as Sunderland now six seventh in the table, uh, but equal points with Coventry in sixth. Um, it's gone quiet, hasn't it? The beal out's gone quiet. He's managed to silence them three games unbeaten now um, in the championship and uh, right on the coattails. I mean. What would you give for the Borough to be where Sunderland are right now? We would, wouldn't oh. we? Absolutely. Um, so they're right on the coattails oh, of the Borough. playoffs. Oh, I know, I know, I know. We'll do gardening in the next <laughs> hour, mate. Don't you worry. Because um, I think uh, I think it's that time of year where you need to start planting. Um, you know, your, yeah, your succulents. It is. Yeah, to, to yeah, start I agree. growing. Yeah. Um, Moisten the bulbs. Yeah, indeed. Uh, unlike moist, moistening the eyes, like we had at the weekend. <laughs> no, look, I think um, I think Beale's starting to show signs. Of yeah, maybe maybe he can do something at the Stadium of Light. Yeah. I mean, the guy came under such such a huge panning by the majority of Sunderland fans, including Ted. You know, including yep. Uh, yep. well, I was going to say a whole host of Sunderland fans that I know uh, who were mates of mine. You know, the the walk, the sponsored walk we were on just the other weekend. Uh, the guys I was talking to there, and they, you know, they they didn't want Mugger to go, but we are seeing signs yep. of a, of a Sunderland turnaround. Uh, joint joint uh, joint sixth place with Coventry on forty seven points. Just goal difference yep. keeping them out of the playoffs at the moment. They're on an unbeaten run. Um, they've actually got out out of the. Fourth down to uh, ninth, they've got the best run of form. That um, <laughs> I sorry, I hesitate because we've had a we've had a message saying get the Macamon, um, so we'll get the Macamon very shortly. Um, but now nah, so he must be listening. Um, so yeah, um, the signs Sunderland are turning it round. Now it all could go, yep. you know, Pete Tong in the next game, but you yep. can only you can only you can only look back at what they've what they've done under Beal now and. Yep. He seems to be starting, a couple of wins and a draw, he seemed to be starting to put a run together. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting now for Sunderland. They've now got two away games, much like the Borough, who also have two away games after two home games, uh, obviously for the Borough, now two away. But Sunderland heading to Huddersfield away this Thursday, sorry, this Wednesday uh, for UK time. And then Sunderland away to Birmingham, Moggers Old Men. But honestly, they are winnable games. Huddersfield, Birmingham, for Sunderland next, then Swansea, then Norwich uh, for... If definitely uh, teams you would you would think Sunderland can beat on given form. Then they then they have obviously Leicester at home. Obviously that's going to be a tough one, and then Southampton at home as well. So two of the you know first and second weekend after uh, the next is going to be that'll be an interesting one to see where Sunderland sit. But the next four games are winnable for them. Steve Sunderland um, seem to have uh, yeah seem to have fallen back in love with with Michael Beale uh, after uh, yeah I guess a win can change a lot of things in football. How fickle are football fans, eh? Um, Beal out. <laughs> Particularly said the Mackham. Yeah, Beal out. Beal out. That's all, that's all we heard. The word that really? we didn't want him there. Beely? Beely? <laughs> Beely, lads? We, morning, Teddy Is that boy. what we're saying? Good morning, sweethearts. How we're doing? Sweet. Good to see you, mate. Good. Where are you? Uh, Good to see you. Oh, I'm, I'm en route to the airport as we speak. Uh, I've got Good Mrs. Stuff. Ted here. Um... I've got the chauffeur. That's why. That's why um, he's shocking posh. Uh, indeed, yes. Mr. Sturridge, would you pass me some more H two O, please? Um, yeah. Um, fantastic win. What a performance and what a turnaround from the first half. We we were actually in control of that game and it was a bit of a sucker punch. Um, it just looked like the Sunderland ball where things weren't quite clicking in the last third of the pitch, but. 
whatever he said at half time really had the effect. And Jack Clark said there was there was, there was brutally honest conversations had. Um, and yeah, the substitutions were great. He listened to me about Job. I know you just mentioned that, right? Yes, I had been crying out for him to be rested. Um, and what a difference that made. He, he really did look like his brother. Take it. He just glided past. Oh, he's got amazing. this thing where Job Job doesn't look like he's he's quick, but he's he's kind of a bit like that. You know when Yaya Toure used to run, he used to look like he was wading through treacle, but he still seemed to be about mm. six eight yards ahead of everybody else. He's cost, yeah. he's got those long legs. He just seemed to glide across the pitch, and like that finish was was superb. All three oh. Sunderland goals were excellent. Um, yeah. Real, real top draw finishes. I think the Plymouth keeper will be still raging with his wall for the Equa one, like because the uh, yeah, they just be. decided to, in in Aussie terms, go walkabout. Um, but you yeah. know, that's I'm not going to mourn about that. The biggest thing for me, though, lads, was um, obviously the, there's a, a, a relative of Michael Bales, a, a four year old girl called Poppy, who's not very well at yes. all. Um, yes, uh, and there was a show of support on the fourth minute. That that's that's the turning point. Yeah. And I think the yeah. uh, all that sort of... And I've, I'm just as guilty, lads. I'm just as guilty of it, of, of the bailout thing and all that sort of thing. The guy's in the job now. And, you know, it, it, I, th- I think that fan backing and getting behind somebody just shows that, right, OK, you're earning our trust. Uh, and, yeah, the, the time for all the silliness and all the hatred and all that sort of thing, we put that on ice now. We stop it because he's getting results. And that looked... An, an imperious perform- uh, performance against Plymouth. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Um, no, it hurts, it, 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 it hurts to say it, he's it, just not it, used it to does. saying it. It does. It's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's it really. It's just because I'm I'm, I'm 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 a little bit dusty and I need me inhaler and obviously I'm a little bit dry because <laughs> I, I didn't have any beers last night, lads. I, I, I was keeping ah. it, keeping it sweet for the day. Well done. So well yes, done, tomorrow. Teddy boy. Tomorrow, I'll uh, I'll be I'll be doing the show. It's because I've got a bit of a technological problem. I'm going to be doing it from my phone, so I do apologise in advance for the quality of that. But yes, I'll be in the UK tomorrow, and then Wednesday, I think I'm in the studio, aren't I? Oh my goodness! Oh wow! I oh, know. Live oh, Ted. Get, no. Hey, get them want, on I want radio, the Dad. Face to face. Hey, I want the fact. Oh face God! To face. Can you, you know what's going to happen now? Is my show on Wednesday? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Is it my show it? Wednesday? I think it is. I think it is. And you know what's going to happen now, don't you? Daz is going to bring a big and butty in on Wednesday for Ted. (laughs) Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He will. Yes, and rub it in your face. I am the favourite. Oh, no. He is. He is. (laughs) Wow. Right. Right. Ted in. Right, I apologise for for, for cutting in on on your watch along as well. No, you're fine. But you know that you and the Borough fans have to do it, don't you? Just watch that gabbity gap gap. Yeah, yep. thanks, Ted. We've forgotten we about the gap, the gap, gap, mate, because we're yeah. not, we're not in, a, we're not in a playoff push anymore. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna be gone, gone. To be honest, aren't you? It's, 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 it's <laughs> mate, we're more sick. Of a, more of a holy hole, hole. Yeah, we're sick of drawing a blankety blank, blank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not buying do, do you a honestly think? Do, do you think we've got what it takes to to finish in the playoffs now after after that performance? I think you do. Yeah, I think you do. The only yeah. thing I worry for is obviously the teams above you. I think obviously you've just got to – the hardest thing with the playoffs is, is staying consistent. If you can stay consistent, yeah. I honestly think you will. You blew me uh, blew me away with, uh, with with what I saw from Job and Jack Clark on the weekend. And Michael Beal just seems to yeah. have getting the tactics right. 
Uh, and you look, you've got some big, you've got some, I think I was just saying uh, before you join, I'm not sure if you heard, the next four games for you are winnable. They're easily winnable. Yes. You then have Leicester and Southampton back to back. That'll be a real test, obviously, from where they are. Uh, and that'll that'll set you up because those next four games, uh, I think are winnable for you. And then you'll have two very good tests. I still think West Brom are going to drop away from that top six. And I think it's going to yep. leave probably uh, yourself, Hull City, although they were shocking no, I don't on the see, weekend, even I don't with the see money they spent. Um, no, so, yeah, look, drop it, it, so I, I mean, I, I, for me, and I think I said it's in the WhatsApp, for me, it's, it's Leicester, Southampton and Leeds. I mean, they're just two, three, yeah. the teams that came down, they're just blowing everyone away now. Uh, and I just feel like Leeds are going to be too good, even in that through that playoff, you know. But you know they're so close to Southampton; it could be either one of them. But Leicester, Southampton, and Leeds for me to go straight back up. Ipswich, you know, yeah. have had a great run, but they're drawing and chucking away a few. You, you're if you, you know, you've got the right mentality and the right, you know, the right, you know, area of of, of this type of time of the season to be to be right in the mix of it. And you know, look, when you reach yeah. the playoffs, you're there, aren't you? You know, anything can happen over a two leg game. Man. So. You know what I mean? You just got to put yourself there. So yeah, I really do think you can you can sneak in because I honestly think West Brom are going to drop away. And I think Ipswich are going to drop away as well. Yeah, I really do think the fourth and we all want Coventry to drop away, right? Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, um, but they let's, yeah. let's make no mistake about it. Though. I don't wanna, I don't want to pee on your bonfire though, Ted. But Leeds or Southampton, whichever ever one of those two ends up in the playoffs, are going to go. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. We'll that's exactly them both. What I reckon as well. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. beaten yeah. them we'll both see. already we'll this see. season. We'll we've see. got no to fear against them. We've beaten them both convincingly. Well, that. As long as you're in there, do you know what I mean? As long as you're in there, you give yourself a chance. Do you know what I mean? That's all you got to do. You know I mean, whoever's yeah. in the playoffs, yeah, is, is, you give yourself a chance. Do you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, honestly, next four games for you, winnable. And then you have two tough tests in Leicester and Southampton. But uh, yeah, it does look yeah. like Michael Bill. And I saw that that gesture of uh, where, his, where his niece, uh, Poppy. And, uh, what an incredible gesture. Yeah. And that, I mean, it, 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 it's terrible for, for what his family's going through, but it's almost galvanised yeah. Sunderland as, as a team and, and as a club once again after having such a rough couple of weeks where you seem to have just had, you know, you know gaps for yourselves pushing your fans apart from your players and, yeah. and the player, you know, it just, it just, it was just, you know, it was just vile. And this just seemed to have come in and galvanised everyone and then a good performance as well on the pitch. I mean, At the right time yeah. of the season as well, Roy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. it's getting into the this business end of it now, and that, it's a great yeah. time for everybody yeah. to get together and you know and, and yeah. unite for the common cause, I guess. Yeah, I tell you what, if Job turns it on now for the rest of the season as well, you're in for one hell of a, a ride to the end of the season because that was honestly after he came on the bench, whether he was unbelievable about being goal. dropped or he's just yeah ready to ready to ready to pounce now and show what he's worth because that was yeah that was his if, brother. That if was that his brother. goal. If that goal was scored in the league, uh, Sky Sports would have had that on repeat oh, all man. weekend and, that, and probably until next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. He, he left yeah. three Plymouth players questioning why they play football because he just he glided yeah. glide past them. It was an incredible goal, that. It was outstanding. Yeah, it was outstanding uh, substitute. And again, tactical awareness from Bailey. Knew he had to change a couple of things up. And it just, it just looked comfortable that second half. I, I was never in fear in the second half. It was excellent. The one for me, that I mean, there was two two standout performances, even though they didn't score. Rusin, yet again, was just a yeah. machine oh, no. up front. I mean, the oh, no. running, yeah. he, he, he creates space he for others stop. to get into as well. He's such a clever yeah. footballer. And Dan Neal, lads, Dan Neal is a Premier League midfielder all day long. He was absolutely yeah, no. incredible on Saturday. 
you found your striker, and I think uh, Bill sees that now. I mean, he was replaced you yes. know, in the 88th minute, but you could tell he was just gassed because he just ran like a bulldog all day. Uh, Standard aggression made for a striker right who didn't well. score. That you know says I mean? it all. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I thought he got his substitutions well as well, and that's something I want to bring up with the bar. Yeah. I mean, bringing on Mundell, Regan, Bellingham, all around that 65th minute markish. I thought was fantastic. It just changed the game up again. Yeah. And it allowed that you shows to, confidence, because to... I mean, the game can yeah. still go either way. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that shows great confidence up. in the young lads, without a doubt. You were, you yeah, were yeah. Only two uh, one up, do you know what I mean? And, and to make three subs all in that sort of area, uh, you know, in crucial areas, and you're bringing off Patrick Roberts, Pierre Equa, who had scored the goal, and, and Bath. Yeah. You know, I mean, for Mundell, Regan, Bellingham, you know, it just showed it, it showed a, a tactical awareness. And then obviously you saw Bellingham score that goal to make it 3 1. So. Yeah, I thought he did. I thought Bill got it completely right on that afternoon. Yeah, it was excellent. Excellent. How did Berry get on? <laughs> <laughs> See you, Ted. Safe flight. That was just nice to him, man. That was just nice to him. Do you really mean that? Just, that was, <laughs> you know, I was nice to him. And You're not flying at all. Yeah, he jabs me with that. You know what I mean? I actually thought Bellingham was was that was actually was soft, and I think he's um, hurt his ankle and he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Aye. Yeah. Right, I'm going yeah, to concentrate I'll, on the road, lads. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you I check in there. tomorrow. I've got to do my pre-flight I'll, I'll checks. I'll you some airport biggest picks. I'm going, yeah, I'm going in the go. lounge because I'm middle class like Radio Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Radio Dad's... Dad uh, and I are going to go check the plane over. Well, that's it. Radio Dad's uh, not in the studio today. I'm actually in Cyprus, yeah. mate. I've got to go and do my pre-flight checks to the aircraft. So, um, yep. yeah. <laughs> I'm flying it. I'm flying it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting behind it. Lovely. Don't you worry, mate. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Yeah. <laughs> Through smoggy air. Yeah. All right, the boys. See you, boy. See you, mate. Take care, Safe here, life, mate. We'll do. See yes. you later. See you. Bye, bye. Uh, he sounds happy, does young Ted? He does. He's chipper. He's chipper as me. It's fun. It's funny what a win can do for yeah, the weekend, right. right? We've got about twelve minutes till your news headlines, so let's get it out of the way, Borough fans, because. Next 12 minutes is going to be rantish, uh, upsetting, tear-wavering, uh, uh, crying, whinging, all of the above, because I am so disappointed with my football club uh, after that result on the weekend, and it's uh, it's gotten to a point where we now need to seriously look at uh, some of the decisions we've made. Now, obviously, Michael Carrick is a fantastic manager. I don't doubt it. I think he's a, and he's got the, the nous to get us where we need to belong, but I feel like now we need to question the decisions around not deciding to bring in a striker uh, and how much that's going to hurt us. The decision now to let Rogers leave, obviously we knew it was a good you know, bit of business. The decision now to let Matt Crooks leave as well, thinking we've got enough up front. The decision to say uh, for him to constantly set, and I read it in my headlines, Michael Carrick said, again, we created plenty of chances, we just didn't manage to finish them off. Now, just to let you know, Borough fans, Michael Carrick said that against Bristol City. Michael Carrick has said that exact sentence, and I mean verbatim, eight times this season. We've created plenty of chances, we just didn't manage to finish them off. He said that eight times in a post-match press conference this season for Middlesbrough. It is so disheartening and so frustrating when you see your Borough team come up to the Riverside and start as slow as they have done in the previous two outings. The two Bristol City goals in the space of two minutes were so frustrating and for two very different re reasons. Right now, Borough is a good championship team to an extent. To an extent. We're just not ruthless. We're just got, don't have anything at that at both ends of the pitch. And I'm not trying to be too harsh on the lads that are there. I think, as I said, we're a good championship team. 
but we do not have that tenacity in defense and we do not have that tenacity up front. Why Riley McGree didn't start is a question that I will ask for the rest of my playing days, uh, commentating days, sorry, because I don't know why Riley McGree did not walk straight back into that team. Why he chose not to play Marcus Force up front and push him out to the right and go with Sam Greenwood, after, especially after the first 20 minutes. Why he decided to leave Senny Dieng. And, you know, there's all those questions. Why he decided to leave the substitutions to as late as he does in a game where you're 2-0 down. It just creates questions around everything now as we slide down further into the championship table. Now, I'm not saying we were going to this season going, we're going to walk it. I don't think that. And I know after that first few or five games, we were lucky not to be in the relegation zone. But coming off the back of last season where we were blowing teams away 3-1 constantly, we have taken a backward step. Now, the recruitment, I think, is a fantastic way to lead a club and a business forward. But we are going to hurt in this very short space of time until we get to another window now because of losing Crooks and losing Rogers. The game on the weekend was disappointing, to say the least. We were not there in the first half of football. That first half of football, I would liken it to that game that we saw, uh, Dave, in that first half of against Sheffield Wednesday. So mm. that, that's how poor it was. Riley McGree to not start is a question I don't understand. Uh, why the one of our best creative midfielders could not get on that pitch uh, to start off with. I, I just, I don't understand that. And the, the theory that we're going to be okay without a striker is not one I want to keep playing around with. We need to get a striker. And I need Ara to realize how much we need a number nine at our club, whether it's a free agent, whether it's not, whether it's it's someone that's 33 years old and we have to play a little bit more for just for the next few games. With no Josh Coburn and no Latte Lath, yes, Latte Lath might be back in a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks is going to be too late. No Coburn and no Latte Lath leaves us so, so short. And we do not have the capability to play any good football without a striker on that pitch. We have been utterly, utterly torn apart by players leaving now and not having, and the injuries we've had, and we haven't been able to bounce back. And it's now gotten to a point where we're going to probably float around that mid-table championship. And you're going to have questions now of everything. Who's going to leave? Who's going to stay? Um, and, and, and you know, a lot of fans were saying once we saw the Matt Crooks departure that that was it. That was Middlesbrough riding off the season. And I was one that was straight in there saying, you can't. There's no way. There's no way those players are riding that off. But I tell you what, when Michael Carrick comes out after the game and says, oh, it's just a loss. It's not the end of the world. I, I leave it there and choose not to say any more. Dave? Your thoughts? My thoughts are I'm playing with something else here in the studio. Um, I don't want to talk about it. No, look, that was an appalling first 45 minutes. <laughs> and typically I brought some uh, I brought some business guests up from London uh, oh, to, spend the no. to spend the weekend on Teesside. I took them to the game, didn't oh, I? No. Oh, no. Um, that was awful. I mean, Bristol City, woeful record in recent weeks, uh, come to the Riverside and they start so bright and so positive. They get the ball, they move it around quickly, they run in possession, there's support from players there. I'm looking at this and thinking, we better get a foothold in this game uh, or we're in trouble. And we didn't, we didn't. And then bang, bang, 2-0 down, 
Thank you very much. Uh, there was no way back. And I know we made the change. You know, Hackney was played out of position. He was played in a more advanced role with his back to goal. Uh, that didn't work. I know Carrick corrected no, that later, but it was it was too late by that point. Too you late. Know? Yep, City's agreed. tails were in the air. They, were, they had a 2-0 lead. They were confident. They could park men behind the ball. And, and by the time that the borough changed, which was too late in my eyes... Uh, it was it was too late. Yes, we got a goal back. We had one ruled out. Yes, we had chances. But we've known all season we don't have a recognised striker who's fit at the moment. We don't have a goal scorer at all. You know, Latte, last bless him, love him, a lot of pace, runs at defenders, causes problems, but he's not a natural goal scorer. He'll miss far, far more than he'll ever convert. Um, Josh Coburn, love him, one of our own, local lad. Um, he's the big battering ram up front and he can score goals but he isn't a goal scorer he's not he's not what we saw last year with Tuber Akpom he's not what we've seen over the decades with the likes of Bernie Slaven who's on the red tonight with his short six o'clock Borough fans um, they're, they're natural goal scorers they'll pick up scraps they'll feed on defensive errors they'll pick up loose balls and put them away we don't have one so to go 2-0 down you know it's chalk and cheese to last year right Last year, yeah, you could go a goal down. You could even go two down. Massively. And you'd we think, off, yeah. we've got the firepower and yeah. natural yeah. finishers to get ourselves back into this game. And I remember so times, so many times, we'd start slow, we'd concede a goal. Sheffield United at Bramall Lane, four minutes. Yeah. Sheffield United won up. We won the game 3-1. You know, even exactly. at that point against a team that were flying, I was thinking, it's not the end of the game here. It's far exactly. from the end of the game. Luton Town. I mean, there are games when we've conceded and you genuinely feel we, we're still going to win this game. That is not the case this season. So to start so badly, start so slowly, not really put in what I would say would be a Borough home performance um, and go two goals down It's it, it, when that second goal went in. It could have been the third. You know, had Glover not be. pulled off that serve at the end, oh, of, at the edge of the penalty area, that would have been three yeah, nil. Yeah. That would have been good night. You know, yeah. good night Teesside. Yeah, um, but this is so typical of what we've seen this season, and I feared this yeah. would happen. We've not got a great Riverside record this season. I don't know why. I feared this would happen against Bristol City. I was really chipper on Thursday with with Andy yeah, Cameron. We're going to yeah. win this one easily, two nil. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. that that was my heart ruling my head, and when I started thinking about yeah. this, I had concerns. Uh, and the way I just ten minutes into the game, I thought, no, we've we've done it again. Um, I can't see us. And 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 Carrick, I love him. He's brilliant. He's been a breath of fresh air here. Why does he leave it so late to change it? If he needs a significant change and he can see that, why does he leave it so late to make the change? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time that I think I've questioned what Carrick has done with team selection. And I, I think it's the first time that I feel like he's gotten it wrong. Dan Balassa, uh, when you got Johnny Housen on the bench, Riley McGree coming on in the 68th minute when he's had a week and a bit now back at the club. Uh, Hayden Hackney is our number 10 when you on you know Hayden Hackney's best role is in that centre defensive mid role. I mean, it's the first time I questioned him getting it wrong. Dave, and I'm, I don't mean to ignore you, Steve, but I'm just trying to obviously... No, no, this is... A, with, this, with I mean, this is important. Um, it's, it's, you know... Uh, it's it's do do you think Carrick's been let down by the recruitment staff? Now I we don't know. We heard Kieran Scott on the Twelfth Man podcast. Fantastic insight. Great questioning by the lads. We don't know whether obviously we, we, we think Kieran Scott and his team get the players, give them to Carrick, 
do what you can with them. Do you feel like maybe Carrick's been let down a little by the January window we had without getting a striker and seeing the exit of Crooks and Rogers? I don't know what to think because there's so many theories running around at the moment. You know, I heard one at the weekend uh, from a mate of mine who lives down south. He's, uh, he is a borough lad and he was saying, look, he genuinely believes that the reasons why we we didn't make any big signings in the last transfer window is the club have decided to write this season off, use it as a bit of a, a preparation, a launch pad for a real good concerted push next season. So therefore, the money that wasn't spent on big name players or a striker uh, in the January window is being kept for the summer to add with you know a new war chest to really work this team. Yeah. And his theory is it's because... You know, they've realised, the club's realised, this team is not good enough to go into the Premier League. We're not going to win promotion. So let's let's effectively write off that competitive side of the season to prepare it for next season. Hence, letting the likes of Rodgers go and getting some money in, in preparation. Like letting the likes of Matty Crooks go because he wasn't going to be offered a new contract and he was going to be on his way out anyway. And he could save five, six hundred grand between now and the yeah. end of the season on wages, salary, and maybe we did get a, a bit of a transfer fee in from the MLS. So, that, you know, yeah. at first when he was telling me that, I was thinking, yeah, okay, mate. But after yeah. what I've seen in the last couple of days, it actually starts yeah. to hold some water. Yeah. If that was the case, it would be massively dangerous because you've got to take the manager with you on that journey. You've got to convince him. Yeah that what you're going to be given as tools for the rest of the season is a longer-term strategy, and he's got to buy into that. If that's yeah. not the case, if he has been let down, and we have seen the likes of Wilder, Warnock come out, particularly Warnock, and say, I wasn't given the players I wanted. If that yeah. was the case, I'm concerned, because West Ham yeah. have just been stuffed six. Moyes, yeah. there's every chance he'll move on in the summer. Carrick yeah, has thick exactly. links with that club and exactly. he's done enough this season, bolted onto the excellent season he had as a rookie season, as a full-time manager last season, for somebody like West Ham to go, let's give it a shot. And exactly. that, that deeply concerns me at the moment. So I am hoping yeah. my mate's right. And his conspiracy theory of the grassy knoll and the puff of white smoke of we're building for next year is closer yeah. to the truth than what you suggested. It's a very dangerous gauntlet to be running if they are doing that, though, because not only are you asking, like you just said perfectly, a character wait around and let him, you know, know that we're going to war chest in the summer, but you're also risking losing some of the better players in that team. And Hayden Riley Hackney, McGree, Hayden Hackney, Hayden Hackney is a big concern for exactly, me. Exactly, and Riley. Exactly, Hay you know what I mean? And Riley and Marcus Force, do you know what I mean? And Dale Fry, you know, there's, there's question marks all over that. Vanderberg, who's been an absolute star this season, you're asking of them to now go and play another season in the championship, albeit give up on this one, stick around with us next year, don't worry about any offers that come in the summer because we're going to have a right crack next season. And then seven games in, we're exactly where we were at the start of this season. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're playing, you're, it's, a, it's like the whole city. And now it's not as dangerous as obviously doing it financially where Hull have overspent what they're bringing in. But at least they're having a crack. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Where we're playing the gauntlet at the other end, hoping that we'll keep some stars, we'll get the wage bill off because we're going to lose Mc, Paddy McNair. I was reading in the headlines there, Paddy McNair's not going to get offered a new yep. deal. There's no way. He's not part of it. And we're gonna we're gonna you know try and recruit well, obviously in the summer again. But the reason we brought brought ten players in last summer was so we didn't have to do it again this summer. You yeah. know what I mean? That was the, that was Kieran Scott's argument. He said I brought ten players in 
because I needed to build the squad for the future so that next summer I don't have to go and get 10 players. Well, now you're telling us now, if you're writing the seat, you know, if that's the case, you're kind of looking at the same sort of prospect again, because we're going to have players that are not going to stick around for another season in the championship because they have got bigger aspirations and they are good players. And what concerns, me, what concerns me, I know we've got to go to the news, but what really concerns me is that first point about Carrick and what's going on in his head. So I hope, yeah. I hope that's being managed correctly. But secondly, yeah. somebody like Hayden Hackney, he would be, Hackney will be critical to what we're trying to do next season, irrespective of which yeah. division we're in. Yes, he's tied down on a long-term contract. I think it runs, for him, it runs through to 27. But... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't attract interest in the summer anyway. And the way yeah. to really nail him down is to get him to believe he could be playing Premier League football for the Borough very soon. Yeah, That's yeah. my concern with the players. And, and, and I know you've, you've got a love for Riley McGree and what's oh. he thinking at the moment and why he didn't start at the weekend. I've got no idea. I, 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 oh. I told my two mates from London, I said, oh, does this Aussie who's come back? Because they were, they, they're they involved in satellite business and, and yeah. TV feed distribution. They've been working on the Asian Cup and they're going, oh yeah, so he, play, he played for Australia. Um, so yeah. they, they were pretty keen and he didn't start and I, I was concerned about yeah. that. So what's going on in his head? But as far as if we've, if we've resigned ourselves to the fact that this season's not going to be promotion, then what on earth is going on in the likes of Hayden Hackney's head? Young player, wants to advance, knows he's been doing well enough to attract Premier League attention. What if that yeah. pick comes in in the summer? Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all, yeah. It's left us with more tough questions of our club than it has answers just due to bad results. And I know a good result, you'll hear me on Thursday, if we go in and we smack Preston 4-0, I say we're all right and we're going to win the league again. Uh, such is the fickle nature of being a football fan. But honestly, there are some... What this result has meant for me as a Borough fan is it's given me... It's questioning the roots of what we're trying to build and where that actually is. Because if we're building on an unstable base, then the tower is going to tip eventually. Now, and I mean, the, is Carrick going to be there? Is he going to stick around? Because you're absolutely right. There's going to be some Premier League teams in that summer and towards in the next couple of weeks who are definitely going to make managerial changes. Definitely. Palace, and Michael Carrick West will Ham, be a name. Too typical. Exactly. Yeah. You know I mean, it'll be it, Michael Carrick would be one name that will be thrown into that. You know what I mean? And then he, then he questions, well, do I want to have another season in the championship where they said they're going to back me or do I want to go have a crack in the Premier League and have a fresh start? Yeah, I mean, his family still lives in Manchester, so yep. yeah, questions, questions more than answers, and it's just due to a bad result, and it's you know probably the, the the way we started that football game as well, especially after Bristol City coming off a midweek you know performance against Nottingham Forest, they should have been dog legged, but we we looked at we looked we looked tired and and run out by ten, and we hadn't even played ten minutes of football. Anyway, we are late for the news. We are. I do apologise, Northeast fans. Uh, we did ramble on there, but we have covered the first. Uh, we have covered the three Northeast teams. Two good wins for Newcastle Sunderland. One bad loss for Middlesbrough. Uh, that has obviously left Dave and I questioning more than answers. We'll be back in the next hour after this with a lot more cheerier subject on. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be Taylor something Swift. other than Middlesbrough. <laughs> Taylor Swift. There you go. The red, the toon, the cat weather.
Oh, we're talking 7 Celsius, your maximums today. Uh, cloudy start. We will see the sun streaming through. It's just about there as I'm looking out the window of the studio. Clouds will increase throughout the day, though, uh, with a chance of a shower. Those showers tonight will disappear to the northwest. Temperatures no lower than 4 degrees Celsius. That is your weather. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat.
apologies. I've just talked all the way over that. I didn't realise my microphone was on, boys. Good job we didn't, um, you know, say anything that we shouldn't have done. Oh, yeah, well, wow. Okay, well, that's We were good. talking to each other, but <laughs> we yeah, I, was, yeah. I was trying to talk to you, but, you know, the te- technical advances of this day and age that sit in front of me means my microphone's on, you don't hear me. And I'm talking to him, I'm saying, hello, boys. Okay. Hey there, boys. Can you hear me, boys? Can you hear me? Whoops. Uh, well, uh, just like to point an out, remix. It is, yeah, it's the remix. It's it's the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Dave messing up remix. <laughs> um, just like to to point out, if anybody, I mean, Borough fans, Sunderland fans, Newcastle fans, if you'd like to get in touch, you can in the usual ways. You can call us now because we have a new shiny call caller system. Ooh. Normal calls, or you can WhatsApp us. WhatsApp calls, same number, oh three three oh. What's up? There he is. Oh three three oh four three two thousand and two. It doesn't. It just flashes. Oh yeah. Like the back. Okay. Oh, like the bat phone. Oh yeah. The bat phone. Yeah, yeah we, we got yeah. the bat phone. Oh, the mayor we, getting in touch with us. We got the bat phone, and we've had a WhatsApp. <laughs> hey, WhatsApp. Well, we went, went into the news. Comes all the way from Thailand. It's Bam. He says hello, guys. Great show as hey, usual. Bam. Morning, uh, Bam. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great show for the borough. As much as we need a striker, I think we also need a new defence because teams are finding it very easy to score against us. Carrick once again leaves it too late to make any subs, which I don't understand why. Uh, It wasn't like we didn't have options on the bench on Saturday. Another point. I have a strong feeling that McGree will be off in the summer. I just don't like what's going on between him and Carrick. It happened from the start of last season when McGree couldn't get a start. Keep up the great work. Listen to you from Thailand. Bam. Thanks, thank Bam. you, Bam, and uh, I. Bam, Bam, thank you, Bam. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, mate. There seems to be something there for sure. Does, um, Ryland McGree is one of our best mid- creative midfielders, and uh, he gives us a spark to the 68th minute. He gives yeah, us a spark. He's, and to be to be fair, the last few games, he's, you know, he's been the only one that looks like they've come on and and, and done something. I mean, when he came on, we changed. The last game before he got injured, he scored. You remember that? It was Watford. Remember the two goals yep. he scored in twenty minutes in Watford. Yeah. I mean, that was before he did his foot, obviously. But yeah, I don't get it. I do not get it. I it like Steve's me as take. Well. I like Steve's take on. on yes, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't we, think we you watched the him, borough, but no. No. Yeah, what, we what, ignored what, him. What are your thoughts? What's going on at the Riverside at the moment? Um, it's a bit like after the Lord Mayor's show, isn't it? You, you you know, you crashed out of the cup, which which is going to affect morale. You know, players, you know, football players are the same as as the next club's football players. You know, you, you've got ambition. You, you know, you, you you had eyes on a final. Um, and it feels as if you've gone a bit flat after after that. Um, then, you know, you, you've had players leave, um, you know, and, you know, one which was predicted, one which was unexpected, um, which is going to affect the dynamics in the in the dressing room. And Michael Carrick has to deal with that. Um, and, you know, as I say, he's had time to he's had time to prepare for one departure, but the other one came out of the blue. And then he's had an injury list, which we've spoken about on many occasions on this show, uh, which he's had to deal with. Um, so it's it's been a bit of an uncharted territory, I think. I think the the cup the cup run took you, you, you know maybe he's took your eyes off the off the the promotion playoff battle and. Unfortunately for you guys, you know you, you, you know you've just, you've just hit a bit of a brick wall. Um, it's is it is it over? I mean, you know, Dave, you're saying at the weekend it's over. That's it now. We've got no chance. You know, the stats the stats tell you differently. Um, you know, you're only six points away from sixth place, and 
you know, you, you still have to be positive and, and, and you've still got a game in hand on Coventry. Um, you know, if, if Michael Carrick and the lads have got the same attitude as Dave Roberts, then yeah, you've got problems. But if 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 they can find something in that training ground this week and you know, if they can point out the basics that it's not over till it's over, then there's nothing stopping Borough finding Away back from what appears to be the abyss at the minute, you know. Um, but make no, you know, make no mistake about it, lads. You know, you you still got a chance, but you know, you need to find, you need to find form now, lads. You know, you need, you need to, you need to find the form that got you to the, that got you into that position to start with. Um, you know, we know the top positions are, are done and dusted, um, but you know, you, you've got to make a start next weekend. Um, you know, and, and you, you just need to look at the the fixtures are not being kind. Uh, you know, at the moment, you know, Leicester Leicester Borough next weekend is is, you know, you would imagine is a win for Leicester, but you know, that's that's backs against the wall stuff. Carrick should be looking at that and saying. You know, he should be looking at that and motivating the team and saying, right, look, we've got a chance to make a statement here, guys. Let's go out. Let's give it our best shot. Um, everyone's expecting us to get beat. You know, we've been listening to, uh, you know, the, the Red this week and they're saying we haven't got a chance. You know, <laughs> uh, you know from, from our perspective, let's go out and prove these guys wrong. He should be using the criticism that he will clearly know about you know, on, on social media, on radio channels like this. He will be, he should be using that to motivate the players. It's very, it's a very simple job um, but it's a very it's a job that you can get wrong uh, but I've still got faith in Carrick I still think that he'll be there like my prediction I'll stand by it in August you and Sunderland will be neck and neck towards the end of the season um, I still think is I still think you've got a chance so I'm not writing Borough season off yet lads uh, not by a long shot and I understand how how it feels you you're, you sound you two sound like I did over Christmas you know um, you know the whole world had collapsed got out the Carabao Cup went out the Champions League couldn't find an away win, um, you know, you know, goals going in left, right, and centre. Injury list as long as you're on, um, you know, linked with all kinds of players leaving in January. I mean, it was doom and gloom from me. Uh, but now, you know, look at us. You know, we've we've turned it around. Four away wins on the belt into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, climbing up the league into the European positions. Um, you know, Newcastle season's changed again. So from my perspective. I'm, I'm a lot happier. I, I still think, you know, it's not over till it's over. There's lots of twists and turns in this season to go. And, um, you know, uh, teams that were beatable at the start of the season aren't necessarily beatable at the end of the season. And, you know, there's games coming up where you think that should be a home banker. Um, and, it, and it turns out it's not. Look at Blackburn. Blackburn <laughs> couldn't win a game. Yeah. Couldn't win a game under uh, John Dahl Thomason. John Eustace just has to park his backside in the stand and suddenly <laughs> Blackburn are... Blackburn are playing like promotion contenders, um, you know. So it, it it's going to be interesting. Big one at the weekend as well, you know. If Borough could Borough could get a point at Leicester, um, and Tony Mowbray does the business against his old team Sunderland, which I think will be motivation enough for him. Suddenly, you know, suddenly things look a bit look a bit brighter for for Borough. So don't write it off yet. Don't get too don't get too downhearted, lads. Yeah. I'm trying to give you a, I'm trying to give you a pep talk. I know you are. I know I'm you not, are. I'm, yeah. I'm not criticizing. Yeah. I'm not criticizing. I'm just uh, airing concerns. Um, so I'm not criticising anybody there. You know, if they have decided to write the season off, great. They've got a strategy. If they haven't and we're going through a, a bit of a slump at the moment, great. You know, let's see if we can come out of it. So it, it's it's not being critical. It's just being concerned. It's it's being worried. It's it's scratching my head and not knowing what's happening. You know, I, I remember me and me and Rye just 
four or five weeks ago were sitting here going, it's great being a Borough fan because look what's happened to Sunderland. They're tearing themselves apart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got exactly. stability. Well, we don't seem to have that right now. We've had players disappear, nothing come, no, no real signings coming in to replace their position and a real slump in form. I've still got faith in Michael Carrick. I think Michael Carrick is going to go on and become one of the best head coaches, managers in the Premier League uh, in this country uh, over the next 10, 15 years. I really do. I think he's got that much talent and that much skill. And I don't mind him using the Borough as a bit of a, a proving ground, a learning ground to make his mistakes because I think we're benefiting from Michael Carrick being here. Yep, I completely agree. It's it, it's not doom and gloom for me either, for sure. I'm I'm disappointed with the result on the weekend as I was asking and and I think sure. for the... You know what I mean? For the team that we came up against, you know, coming off the back of an FA Cup uh, midweek game uh, and to start as flat as we did, I'm disappointed with that first 45 minutes. I'm also now questioning the whole Riley McGree thing. And I think that's what's got a bit of, a bit of, bit me disheartened with it is that Riley McGree is obviously my favourite player. I've got a connection there. Don't get me wrong. Do you know what I mean? So there is a bit there, you know, a bit extra there for me. But there's something seriously weird in that situation where our, I would argue he's, and I'm not trying to be biased. And I, I think most Borough fans would be, you know, would be with me on this. And again, please get in touch if you think I'm wrong, but Ryan McGree is in our best 11. He just is. And for him to not start on the weekend, just, it made me wonder what, why, what's going on there sort of thing. So, and that's all it is for me. Uh, and obviously the performance itself was shocking. And the, the fact we haven't got a strike on you know, in that club uh, at the moment is, is also, you know, it's very scary. But I still love my club. I believe my club will get through it. You know, we'll find the, the form. We'll find, you know, we're, we're a couple of wins away from still being right up there. And I, and I still, you know, truly believe, as, as Dave said, Michael Carrick is a fantastic manager. He's got a lot to give this football club still. Uh, it's just there's a few question marks more than answers and that's that's the the way i've been summing up this whole chat was that it's it's just left me with more questions than it has answers that weekend and it's around riley mcgree it's around what we're going to do and where the goal is going to come from but we need to move on because uh we've had enough bar we've gotten steve's thoughts we've gotten dave's thoughts so let's move on lads we've got to go back into your club headlines where we've got what's making news for the three northeast teams and then after that we're going to talk to the lads about Gareth Southgate, uh, Euro's coming up very soon as well. Potentially a new deal for the for the main that Barrett used to have. So we'll ask the lads about that. But first, some Northeast club headlines. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, you beautiful Borough fans. Look, that weekend result was not the best, but let's move on, shall we? Borough looks set to lose Paddy McNair in the summer, as it is now believed he will not be offered a new contract. But Borough boss Michael Carrick is confident that the only other player that will be out of contract this summer in Johnny Housen will get a deal done. And he has no worries after the player said he wants to play on again next season. Get in. Uh, and we've created plenty of chances. We just didn't manage to finish them off, said Michael Carrick, after Saturday's defeat to Bristol City. In truth, a sentiment we've heard all too many times in the past. Before, we had an um, optimistic uh, outlook. We were two goals down before we knew it, and the second time in the, in the season since November to uh, yeah to, to even have that. Uh, after another slow start, this time it was punished. Two Bristol City goals. 
both as frustrating as the next. Uh, and unfortunately, at the moment, at least Borough now floating mid-table, going on to Leicester City this weekend. Uh, we've also got Preston midweek on Wednesday night, looking to Borough to bounce back with two away games now after two home games. Borough women also earned themselves a point after a spirited comeback against Barnsley Women's FC. Michael Mohern named an unchanged lineup to the one that beat York City LFC last week, and new signing Faye Dale was on the way. Uh, made her way onto the bench. A last-minute goal from Jess Met got the Borough women across the line for a draw against a spirited Barnsley team. Good work, Borough women. That's your Borough headlines. Good morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans, and happy Monday. After Saturday's resounding 3-1 win, despite going 1-0 down, when Jack Clark was asked what occurred in the dressing room at half-time to produce such a performance, the attacker credited Michael Beale for his brutally honest team talk. He was just brutally honest, Clark said. He said what needed to be said, and obviously he said the right things to gear us up for the second half. We managed to change the game in the second half, so credit to him and credit to ourselves as well. Having allowed midfielder Alex Pritchard to depart for Birmingham City in January, a player whose contract was up at the club in the summer, there are still three players that could potentially depart the stadium alive once their current contracts are up. Bradley Duck, Corey Evans and Ellis Taylor will be free to leave the club at the end of their contracts, all of which are under 12 months running. While Taylor is still young, it's thought the two former Blackburn men will be allowed to leave, with their age advancing and first team opportunities limited when they do return from injury. And finally, Sir Bob Murray has handed over a cheque for £100,000 to the Foundation of Light just three weeks after his autobiography, I Do It All Again, was published. The former Sunderland chairman is donating 100% of the proceeds from the book to the club's charitable foundation, which he helped establish and handed over the first cheque ahead of the Black Cats Championship game with Plymouth Argyle at the weekend. I've never been happier giving away £100,000 and hope I have given even more to the Foundation in the coming months, said Sir Bob. Fantastic way at the start of the week, everyone. How are you, lads? Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Newcastle United made us four away wins in a row and an entertaining five-goal thriller at Nottingham Forest. A sublime brace by mercurial playmaker Bruno Gamares and another accomplished finish from Fabian Scher gave the Magpies all three points and took Eddie Howe's team into seventh place in the Premier League. Becky Langley's Magpies extended their lead at the top of the FA Women's National League Northern Premier Division to seven points with a perfect away victory against title rivals Burnley. Second half goals from Casey Ellison, Paige Bailey-Gale and Jasmine McQuaid were enough to secure all three points for Newcastle United women at the county ground in Leyland. And following days of speculation, Newcastle's FA Cup opponents Blackburn Rovers parted company with head coach and ex-Mag John Dahl Thomason on Friday. Ex-Birmingham City boss John Eustace was installed within hours of Thomason's departure and watched Saturday's 3-1 championship win over Stoke City from the stands at Ewood Park. And tickets for Newcastle's Premier League visit to Stamford Bridge next month go on sale to season ticket holders today at 2pm. The initial points requirement is set at 110 points. That is in Newcastle United headlines on Monday morning. Hi, it's Bernie Slavin. Looking forward to being on every Monday on the red between six and seven. Opinions, views, I don't want any BS. No messing about. Let's get to the nitty gritty. This Monday, six o'clock to seven. Please join us. Up the borough. Together, across the northeast, three brand new radio stations by the fans, for the fans, on DAB Radio, online, and smart speakers. Right across. Across the North East.
Welcome back to the Northeast Brekkie Show. You're joined by me, Rye, Steve, obviously in the Fet Tact as well, Let and Dave out. pushing Let the buttons out. as always. <laughs> we are missing Ted the Mackham as he's flying en route, thanks to Smoggy Airlines uh, for all your airlines needs. Uh, obviously, our boy will be in studio on Wednesday, but he will be tuning in tomorrow as well yeah. to probably break down more of that Sunderland uh, win on the weekend. As we've got a lot to talk about in this next half hour, uh, we have been running a little bit over time. Such was the breakdown of uh, the Burroughs weekend there. But we've got to talk about Gareth Southgate, lads, because he's one of yours. Uh, he's the England man. He used to be the Borough manager as well. And the FA have come out now over the weekend and said that they're keen to renew Gareth Southgate's deal until the 2026 World Cup. And he said he's hint uh, he has hinted uh, to media that he is tempted to, to extend his stay after originally thinking he would leave after the Euros this summer. Stevie, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, and obviously, uh, we you know, he, he's the England manager. I know you don't pay too much attention to the international scene. Uh, yeah. Is it a good deal to see Southgate stay on till the World Cup? Or would have you have liked to have seen him moved on after Euros? I can see why they're doing it. I mean, look, he's been successful inverted commas. He's not won anything, but he's you know he's got us to the later stages of some you know the, the major competitions that we compete in. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, we've gone stale, and it's no surprise. Uh, let's look at the Luton Town Newcastle game at St James's Park the other week. There was at least seven or eight England international potential in England internationals on display in that game. Where was Gareth Southgate? Sitting watching Jordan Henderson, who's 33, uh, play and you know playing you know a, a meaningless game for me. Um, he, he surely knows what Jordan Henderson can do now. The England manager should be going out and looking at new talent, looking for the next, looking for the next big thing, uh, instead of you know resting on his laurels and and you know watching players who are past the sell by date. Um, I genuinely don't think um, that we're going to progress with Gareth Southgate. I could be wrong. You know, you know, are we going to see like a, a last hurrah? Are we going to see, you know, like a, an El Tel or a Sabobi kind of tournament come up this summer and England finally, you know, you know, go go a step towards, you know, uh, getting to where they were in '66 and actually winning something? I, I just don't think we are. I think we've I think we've gone backwards in the last two years. I don't think there's the same kind of buzz around, uh, you know, the England squad now. When when Gareth used to wear his waistcoat and, you know, it was you know it was it was great. To be an English football fan again. I think we're stuck in a we're stuck in a bit of a Southgate rut. Um, so I can see why they've done it. Um, you know, he's very much an England man. No controversy surrounds him. He's a yes man. Um, you know, he, you know, if he could probably stay in that job for another twenty years. Um, it, it pleases me as a Newcastle fan because it'll put a, an end to the speculation about Eddie Howe. I guess for now. Um, you know, a bit linked with the job. I still think Potter's a natural shoe in for, for for Southgate. I see why How would be considered though, because of his, because of the way that he conducts himself, his stature. He's a, I think he's a shoe in for the England job at some point. But I guess it gives Newcastle a bit of a breather. Um, that's that's the way I would look at it. But as far as new, you know, as far as England, you know, and and how they'll do with Southgate. Oh, you know, he's great at qualification, but I hate to say it, Ray. I think you and I, as a double act, could probably be good good at qualification against some of the teams that England have to play. Um, it's I've often said not it, sure about that, like. Oh, I definitely think we could. Um, with Ted in there as well, but I think it's I think yeah. it's just I just think it's you know I, it's 
it's such a it's such a strange it's such a strange situation to be in. But I can see why they do it. They're guaranteeing themselves qualification for twenty twenty six because Southgate will get them to the qualification. Will get them through qualification. No problem. I've got no doubt about that. Is he going to be the person to win us something? Is he going to be up there with the three lines of sixty six? Is he going to win the Euros this year? I don't know. And I don't. You know, we we have this. You know this this other competition, which I, I I still struggle to understand. This other Europa competition, I really just don't understand this Europa Conference kind of league that we play or whatever it's called. It just doesn't make sense. It's 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 internationals for internationals' sake. So yeah, this is I the mean, nations look, nations league. The na- well, well, you see, I don't even the know reason, the name of it. The it's- reason why they brought it in was because uh, it was uh, it was UEFA talking to FIFA because during the FIFA windows when there's no competitive games to be played. Uh, the, the you just used to play meaning meaningless friendlies, so UEFA decided there's probably a money making exercise here. Let's create yes. a competition to fill those holes, and rather than playing meaningless friendlies, you can play meaningless competitive games. Right. Okay. Well, that's pointless. It's it's absolutely pointless <laughs> for me. It really is a waste of time. I, I don't know why we do it. I, I really don't. It's it's crazy. So look, for, you know, for me personally, lads. Um, yeah, I think I can see why they're doing it. Do I agree with it? Probably do as far as qualifications concerned. He's earned the opportunity to have one more roll of the dice and give it a go. So good luck to him this year. I hope to win the Euros and I will watch it. I will watch the main competitions. I don't watch the friendlies. Um, but yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But yeah, I can see why they're doing it and good luck to them. Well, Dave, we will get your thoughts, uh, but we are late for the sports headlines. So let's get to the sports headlines for... The listeners on this fine Monday morning. And straight after that, we'll come back. We'll get Dave Roberts' thoughts on the England manager, Gareth Southgate, and whether he's a good fit for England come 2026 in the World Cup. Together across the Northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. What's up? What's up? What's up? Bam's been back in touch and he says, spot on, Ryan McGree is our best player. Applause to him. So there you go. That's that one. Um, We've also got one winging in. I think it's Daniil. Let's have a look. Is it? Morning, Daniil. Morning. Morning, morning, gents. Uh, Yes, Southgate has got us to the latter stages of the World Cup and the Euros, but I feel he is limited in his ideas. Surely it's time to bring Mm. in a new man with fresh ideas. Who? That's the million-dollar question. Well, just before the sports headlines, we were talking about that very, very thing. Obviously, Gareth Southgate being rumoured now that he's going to extend his deal with the FA to stay on for the 2026 World Cup. Something that doesn't really affect me, obviously, an Aussie lad. Uh, I do watch England just due uh, to the fact both my parents born there sort of thing. I do have an affiliation with them, but obviously you're green and gold through and through for me. Yeah. I am green and gold through and through. So it doesn't, obviously, I, I don't really have... Uh, much of a feeling towards this, obviously, Gareth Southgate, uh, Borough lad as well. So I do want to see him do well. Dave, for you, though, England man, Gareth Southgate, 2026 World Cup, something to start thinking about, which is scary, only two years away. Obviously, Euros in the summer. Where are you leaning towards on the whole Gareth Southgate sticking around or not? Uh, Love Gareth. Uh Absolutely. Every time I see that picture of him 20 years ago lifting the uh, the League Cup with uh, Janino next to him with a beaming smile on his face. Um, yeah, I will always love Gareth. Um, good guy to deal with as well, and I have done in my media days. However, he ticks all the right boxes for the FA, doesn't he? He ticks every single box you would want. You know, no controversy surrounding him. Um 
Uh, I'm sure he would disagree with uh, with Steve's description of him being a bit of a yes man, but yeah, I mean he's not going to rock the boat at all, is he? And and he's done all right, but I think he's gone stale. I really do think he's gone stale, and I think we should be breathing fresh, fresh life and fresh, fresh impetus into that England job um, to take us forward to 26. However, like you frighteningly said, 26 is just two years away. Would changing somebody now help or hinder preparations for 26? Because you've only got a handful of international games every year um, to, to start tinkering with your team. So if a new man comes yep. in with new ideas, how many games and training sessions is he going to have outside of any competitive matches to tinker, to change things, to try new things? So maybe, just maybe, give Gareth two years, let him see himself through the World Cup and under no circumstances whatsoever, even if we were mad enough to win it, give him an extension beyond that. Uh, but I would like to see Eddie... I'm sorry, Steve. I would like to see Eddie Howe in place uh, at Wembley. Uh, I just think Eddie also ticks all the right boxes. Brilliant with the media. Doesn't seem to have... You know, doesn't call con controversy. So he ticks those boxes, which would mean, mean the FA would feel secure in his appointment. And he will be England manager at one point. I'd just like to see it. Uh, I'm sorry, Newcastle fans. I'd like to see it at the end of this season. Mm, would, can, yeah, I, I can I throw... Can I throw you a a, 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 a weird one then, uh, Dave? We were just talking recently about Michael Carrick Depends and we think how that he's going to the very top. Uh, could you see Michael Carrick being the England manager eventually? I could do. Yeah, I could do. Um, but there's... Obviously, but there a, are, but there a, a well-regarded international. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and it's great to see Carrick coming through because, you know, there's another Englishman coming through. Yeah. But he's got people ahead of him who's going to get the job first. So it's going to be a while before you, you get to see Michael Carrick uh, in that position. You know, Gareth, if the FA has come out and made the right mood music like they have done, you're going to see Gareth yep. extended for a couple of years. I think then at that point, it could be Eddie Howe's job. I know people are talking about uh, Graham Potter um, and I yep. think Southgate would come behind all of those. I think, I think you're more likely to see Southgate in charge of Manchester United first before you'll see Southgate in charge of England. And that means it could be a long, long time if he's successful at Old Trafford. It'd be a long time before he sits in the, uh, in the comfy chair at Wembley. Mm, interesting one. Interesting one. All right, well, we'll move on. Uh, there's your lads' thoughts on in Gareth Southgate. Uh, will he remain in the hot seat? Uh, both lads thinking that football that he plays is stale, but, uh, yeah, does kind of make sense heading into two years only away from a World Cup that he would stick on. Obviously, England hoping to go into the Euros with a big performance, and I dare say a lot of uh, the results there for England will, will have a big, big part in what uh, Gareth Southgate has to say afterwards. Uh, as well. Lads, we've got to dip back into the blue card. Uh, we saw this come through on Friday. We did discuss it a little bit. The blue card, uh, which has now been scrapped, uh, and albeit as quickly as it was decided that it was going to come in, it has now been thrown out. Uh, given the red such card. was the hate. Blue card, such given the red the card. I like it. it. Uh, the FIFA has uh, yeah, turned its back on bringing in the blue card for testing, saying they're a long way away from obviously having, uh, having a blue card in the system. There's a lot more work to be done on it. You can see by the backlash uh, that the fans don't want us to implement it just yet and we're happy to wait, is what the FIFA statement said. Uh, Jurgen Klopp also came out and this was one of the best lines I thought. Uh, Jurgen Klopp had to say this on the blue cards. He said, if they want to test it, I have no problem. 
It doesn't sound like a fantastic idea in the first moment, but actually, I can't remember when the last fantastic idea was that came from these guys. Steve. Oh, well done, Bobby. Well done. Brilliant, Mum. Brilliant. Um, Blue cards have come and gone. Obviously, we're all against it, but is it just common sense prevailing in the end here? Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it went down, yeah, it went down like the proverbial... Um, like two lead know, balloons. Yeah, two lead balloons. <laughs> absolutely stupid idea. I mean, nobody, absolutely nobody agreed with it. Eddie Howe said, you know, he completely disagreed with it, thought it was... He says, what, what are yellow cards for? Uh, I mean, they hadn't given it any thought. I mean, I saw loads of scenarios then played out by people. Um, you know, we were swapping ideas in WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, what happens if... What happens if the goalkeeper's given a blue card? And you're going, oh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, so that means the goalkeeper's got to go off. So then what happens? Have you got to bring a substitute goalkeeper on? They just, you know, it was literally, a, you know, you were scrabbling to make What happens sure if there's four or five players <laughs> in the Sindhu yes, that have been exactly. given blue cards? Yeah. How far yeah. would you go down? How many watches does the fourth official have to have on his arm <laughs> so he can monitor exactly the, uh, the the amount of time each player's got to serve in there? You, know, you can imagine him. Like, it'd be like one of those cartoon characters, wouldn't it? You know, when he opens his Mac and it's, and the inside the inside of the, of the court is filled with watches. Want to buy a watch? <laughs> it's like, you, it's were, you were literally scrabbling around to check that it wasn't the 1st of April and April Fool's Day. It was. It was, it really was that were. stupid, lads. It was that yeah. stupid. But, you know, I'm glad to see that senses prevailed. They've decided to give it the, you know, give it the heave-ho and, and we'll move on. But it was interesting here, anyhow, on Friday, he was, you know, because very rarely is he controversial, but he just said he couldn't stand for AR. Um, you know, that there was nothing wrong with the game. Um, you, know, you know, there was nothing wrong when referees refereed the game. Of course, there was mistakes made, but, you know, I would much prefer that you know we went back to that kind of way of you know running a game. I mean, and he's right, a hundred percent. He's right. There's no need for all these rule changes. But yeah, that you know they, they just literally come out with things and 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 they, they just throw it into the public domain without giving it any thought. Uh, I don't know who that's the embarrassing to make these decisions, it isn't is. it? Yeah. That's the embarrassing. Why don't they think it through, talk it through, take some advice? Oh. Before you come out with it, because it just makes them look blummin' stupid now. <laughs> it does, it really does. Ange Postacoglu, one of my favourites, obviously the Aussie manager of Tottenham, came out and said, I tell you what, one thing, if one team being down to 10 men for 10 minutes, you want to know what my thoughts are of what that's going to do to our game, it's going to destroy it. Tough words, Dave. Obviously, uh, refereeing uh, is something you're well adverse mm. to. Uh I mean, it did seem as well. We saw Mike Dean on BBC and stuff like that having a bit of a laugh about it as well. Former referee saying that it's a bit silly uh, and questioning, well, what's the yellow card for? Were you ever at ever thinking that, you know, you could make sense of it and, and use it effectively as nah. a referee? Or was nah. it is it something that you're just happy? We were, yeah. we were, I mean, the, the the legends, the three legends on Friday night. At six, everyone across the northeast, Cat Redden tuned, uh, Darren Williams, former Sunderland player, uh, Lee Clark, former Newcastle player, Craig Hignett, former Borough player, six o'clock every Friday, don't forget. I mean, they, they were, they could hardly, they could hardly talk amongst the giggles and the laughter. 
when they were when they, when they were talking through this. Um, you know, Darren Williams was sending photographs round of um, of a guy in the casino who you know spreads his deck of cards out in front of him, and he's saying, "This is the referee preparing for the game because he's got fifty two cards now to choose from." Um, I was making jokes about I hope the referees aren't colorblind because he won't be he won't be able to pull out with, with, you know the right card <laughs> at the right time because he's got so many. I mean, it was just ludicrous. There was only one positive thing I could see in it. And it really isn't a positive because it just shows the weakness of our referees. It just gives the referees another tool to try and deal with errant players in, you know, in cases of dissent, just because they haven't got the cojones to deal with them properly. And you know, give them that. Give them, you know, tell them to shut up. Give them that yellow card under their nose for dissent. You know, and ultimately it could cost, as we saw in the in, in the Sunderland game against the Borough, it could cost that player a red card, an unnecessary red card. You know, that's how you manage it. But to give a blue card, it just goes, hey, look, everybody, he's been a very he's been a very naughty boy. Um, <laughs> now get off. Um, it, it was a Monty Python sketch in the making, wasn't it? But th- that really was going to do nothing but highlight he's been a very naughty boy and the referee couldn't manage him anyway, so why the hell have blue cards? Stupid. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was very, very silly. And it's, uh, it's funny, it came and went as quickly as it arrived, didn't it? It was... Uh, it was a very strange one, that one, and uh, it was something that we'll look back on now with a, with a bit of a giggle, I think. Uh, one, I'll tell you one player, Steve, that uh, would be getting a blue card with uh, Morgan Gibbs-White. i tell you, uh, watching him against Newcastle, my word, that man is in the referee's face more than he's probably in his referee in anyone else's face uh, is Morgan Gibbs-White. He's a very, very aggressive man. Uh, so I think, yeah, blue card for you, Morgan Gibbs-White, after the weekend. I'm, I'm issuing you the first one. Uh, calm, calm it down. Calm it down. Right, lads, we saw the result of the Asian Cup on the weekend. We saw Qatar beat Jordan 3-1. The result meant the hosts of the Asian Cup became the fifth team to win the back-to-back Asian titles, having also triumphed in 2019. We also saw Nigeria lose to Ivory Coast in the AFCON, so both Asian Cup and AFCON tournaments now done and dusted. They have been going for just a little over a month, uh, taking away some very well-known players to both tournaments in the Asian Cup and AFCON. Both teams, uh, sorry, all teams now will be back to full strength, you would think, by the end of this weekend. Obviously, maybe a little bit more break for those that uh, haven't returned already and did play in that weekend. Uh, Davey, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, Qatar, thoughts on them beating and winning the Asian Cup and obviously uh, Ivory Coast winning the AFCON as well. Uh, Good show from both countries, but uh, still questions around the timing of the tournaments for me. Um, um, Cote d'Ivoire doesn't surprise me. They've always been there and thereabouts, haven't they, in AFCON? They've always been a... You know, you see Ghana come to the fore uh, occasionally and then they, they dip off again. Uh, Nigeria are always strong. Ivory Coast are always strong. Senegal a bit like Ghana. You know, they'll have a they'll have a purple patch of a team and then they'll slip away again. Um, I'm surprised of the fact that the, the North Africans, you know, didn't do better because Egypt's normally always strong. Tunisia was strong. I saw them in the World Cup in uh, in Qatar, uh, November, December 22. You know, and they look strong there. Um, Morocco, the same, but they just weren't there. So, yeah, no, look good. Um, Ivory Coast, one of the one of the regulars. We've seen some great uh, Ivory Coast players come through to the Ooh, Premier yeah. League. Um, you can see the talent that they can that that they can develop. Um, yeah, brilliant for them. Congratulations! It's a competition I love. I've been there. I was in um, 
I was in Ghana in 2007, I think it was, uh, for, for, for the AFCON there. Great tournament, loved it, absolutely. So that's good. Asian Cup, um, uh, not as positive at the moment. I've got to say congratulations, Qatar. It's great to see the host nation win a tournament. It always makes it special. Look at England, 66 in the World Cup, etc. Um, but that's not a true Qatari team. You know, that's a lot of players who've been nationalised, um, naturalised. Uh, they've come in from other countries. They now have Qatari citizenship and they've built a football team um, out, of, out, out of immigration to, uh, to compete. Uh, but hey, you know, they all hold Qatari passports now. And, you know, it's great to see them. I saw them in the World Cup. They looked weak. Um, but that was the World Cup. So it's the ultimate stage for them to play on. Uh, and for them to be able to, to come through and, and win on home soil is great for the nation. It's a nation that hasn't really got a footballing tradition. Um, you're seeing, you know, you see crowds at games like you're seeing in the Saudi League. Um, so maybe it's just that little bit of spark needed now to uh, to grow football that little bit more in the Gulf. So I'll say congratulations to them, but that is tinged with a bit of, you know, is it deserved? Mm, Steve, obviously AFCON... Uh, has taken away a fair few Premier League uh, players, none more than Nottingham Forest, the team that you've now uh, gotten over over the weekend. Nottingham Forest were without six players uh, to AFCON, uh, obviously four of them being uh, for the eventual winners in Ivory Coast. Do you think it's going to, uh, you know, that Nottingham have paid the price for having so many international players over at AFCON, or is it just something that... Uh, they have to deal with, I guess. I mean, we lost, we saw the, you know, the loss of Salah, but he came back injured anyway. But players like Nicholas Jackson returning to Chelsea now. Uh, we also seeing, um, you know, even on uh, the Nigerian side of things as well. Um, you know, a- again, Cal- Calvin Basie and Alex Awobi, uh both back to Fulham as well. Even Frank Onyeka uh, at Brentford. Some big, big players uh, that these clubs have had to be without uh, for about a month and a bit. I mean, look, I don't watch these tournaments. You know, I totally, I mean, international football bores me rigid. Um, and I, I genuinely don't watch, you know, the, the Asia Cup or the, the AFCON. I, I tried to get into the final last night. It just wasn't wasn't for me. Um, I just struggle yep. to watch it. It's lack of players that I, that I know and stuff like that. Maybe it's something to do with that. But yeah, I mean, not not for me, guys. Um, you know, it, it, it annoys me that there's tournaments, you know, during the Premier League season that take players away. Obviously, benefit at Newcastle at the weekend when we played Notts Forest but um, yeah I mean we've been in this we've been in this situation before where players have gone missing and um, you know players can play too much football I, I genuinely believe that and look at Kieran Trippier never got a break last season you know playing with England all the way through probably going to be the same again this season and this summer um, and you know it, it's it, 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 you know it affects the players moving forward into the you know, into the new season, don't they don't get a rest? Um, some players probably say, "Well, we don't want a rest," but you know, I, I just, you know, it, 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 it does annoy me. But if you're asking us for a review, a review of the Asia Cup or the Afcon, I couldn't tell you what went on. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't like it. No. So you should ban it. Burn it at no, the I, I, I guess this was more, more the question that it was a it was a Newcastle team that beat Nottingham Forest three two without you know seven or eight players that were away for Afcon. I mean, I mean, it, I, mean it, I guess you can't. You know, question. Uh, you know, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest, and obviously the recruitment. You probably can with FFP that potentially is going to get changed in the future anyway. But I mean, it, it, it just doesn't seem fair to me that a team could be without seven to eight players. But is that more on the club itself not recruiting those players? And then should a club avoid 
players when there's AFCON and Asian Cup coming around this time of year? I mean, look, it's it's down to the down to the owners and and and, and how much they can spend, I guess. And if, if it's cheaper to buy somebody, uh, you know, from from that kind of country, then that's what they're going to do. And you know, they, they have to they have to accept that there's going to be occasions in the season when these players are going to be unavailable. That's you know, you you know, you spend your money and you take your chance. But you know, the same can be said for England players. Then fair enough, they're, they're not going to be affected during the season, but. You know, like I've said, you know, anyone who's got a player who plays for England will 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 get a player back who hasn't had a break in the summer. Who you know will still be you know will will still need some kind of break. So it does it affects everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't think it'll affect people buying them and never will. It'll all come always come down to availability, money, and you know, and how much the cost. You know, on a week to week basis. So yeah, that that's where I am at with that. Yep, fair enough, and I like that, uh, and that's a good attitude. I think. Uh, towards it. Lads, we're heading into the last final minutes of the Monday show. We've sent you uh, off into your Monday working day, your start of your week with the best content we can bring apart from the minutes result. And I apologize, Middlesbrough fans. I promise you I'll be a bit more happier tomorrow. It's just a little bit upset today, okay? Please, please, you know, stay by me, all right? Just stay by me. Uh, Lads, I've got one last question for you. Morning, Morning, Daz. Good morning. How are we doing? How are you, mate? Yeah, really good. Thank you. uh, Now that you've just sat down, uh, I was going to ask you and get your thoughts on it. Uh, that's a borough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Over to you. <laughs> um, well, actually, I, I, I enjoyed Steve's pep talk earlier, actually. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm with Dave with this. You know, we, we, you remember last weekend, I think after the derby ish, um, you know, we, we both said, you know, maybe this, maybe this is the dose of reality we need. Um, I, I think you know there's still a chance. Uh, absolutely, there's still a chance that we can get something out of this. Um, but I, I think I think it's all about the firepower. It's all about the what happened in the transfer window. I think what we've seen in the last couple of games. You know, not just the Sunderland game, actually, also the Rotherham game, the Chelsea game. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't I don't think we're strong enough. I think there's still a chance. And what I worry about is, you know, last week we had Kieran Scott come out, we had um, we had Gibbo and Carrick meeting with the fans and saying about talking about the club's ambition. Yes, they still want to get in the Premier League, uh, but they didn't want to uh, splash the cash and, and waste money this um, transfer window and save it till the summer. Now, the worry for me is, has this... We're... <sighs> Uh, is that send? Is the club sending a message to the players that we've written off this season by saying that? And mm. is there a little bit of mentality within some of the players? Well, you know, well, what are we playing for this season? You know, if the mm. if the people above us have written this season off, um, and we'll just go out and just do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I don't no, know, that's I my worry a little bit. I, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I love the borough. I'm still positive. I think we can go out. You know, and and beat anyone on the day. We've proved that this yep. season. Um, yep. You know, and, and, and funny enough, I did say to my guests at the weekend, it'll all depend on which borough turns up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and my that's that's just a little niggle. That's niggle. Yeah, I, I was I was unhappy we didn't get a striker. We didn't get someone creative. I was unhappy he left McGree out on the weekend. You know, our <sighs> most creative uh, player. And all right, you know, he's come back, and, but he's trained all week. 
I don't, I don't get it. He's trained mm. all week, surely. Um, you know, he, he should have started this weekend. And not to bring him on until very late in the game as well is, is questionable. I, I, I just worry... I just worry that this 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 will 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 build on next season. Let's concentrate on next season. Has actually got through to the players. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Well, Daz, we are moments away from your uh, show. Uh, I want to find out what's on yours. But first, lads, I've got a quick yes or no question uh, that I want to get from you all uh, and just be to wrap up the Northeast no. show because there's a question <laughs> that is on everyone's minds. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Tony. <laughs> Right, has obviously yeah. been no. scintillating for since no. coming back from the band. No. Uh, should Ivan Tony play for England? Uh, no. Considering the band, considering getting the captain's armband, considering yes. everything he's been through, <laughs> should Ivan Tony be in an England strip? Steve, oh, yes, yeah. give him a go because yeah. um, he is he is a goal scorer. He, he, you know, uh, all all good goal scorers for England can take penalties and score them. He can do that, uh, but he's a fox in the box. Um, I think I think he's got a little bit of an edge to him as well. Um, I'm not quite sure whether that will go down well, you know, in the FA headquarters. But you know, I like him as as a player for other, for another club. I wouldn't want to see him at Newcastle. Um, but I do think for international purposes, I think he would do well. I think, yeah, I, I would I'll give him the opportunity. He served his time, right? You know, you, you mm, did yeah, the crime. You yeah. serve your time. He's being banned. Yep. He's had to suffer for 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 his misdemeanour. You know, yep. slate's wiped clean. Move forward. I'd yep, be, I agree, Dave. Yep. Yeah, I'd play him for England as long as you make sure he puts uh, puts his money on an England win. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <Yes. laughs> yeah, I agree with Steve and Dave. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's done um, he's done what he's needed to do. He's he's taken his punishment, um, and hopefully, he's learned from that. Um, and yeah, he's he's a good striker. Uh, he's a good yep. English striker. Let's uh, if he's going to help us win the Euros. Come on then. Yeah. Well, it was a, it's a Go great qu- uh, question because there's 55% of the fans around the world uh, vote yes. Ivan Tony should be recalled by England. That's your Northeast show done. Dazzy. Yeah. Done and dusted. On to you. Yeah, we've got a fabulous uh, chat agree this morning. We've got the quiz that's sweeping the nation uh, all coming up um, in a couple of minutes' time. There you go. See you, boys. Good one. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.